you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. For the last five or six weeks since North American Youth Conference, I think Spencer has carried a heavier travel schedule than several of our evangelists. He has been preaching out a great deal. Last week was in West Virginia and uh, had some great experiences there. And uh, I asked him on a short notice if he would feel like preaching tonight, and he so graciously accepted late yesterday evening the invitation to preach tonight. And I'm thankful to have him come, not just because he's my son, but he gives himself to study. He has dedicated his entire life to the work of ministry and to the Lord. I'm very proud of him, proud of his accomplishments, and I believe that his best days are still ahead. I want you to welcome him as he comes to preach the word of the Lord to us tonight. Open your heart, preach to us tonight. We love you. Would you give that hand clap to the Lord tonight? We love you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you stand up on your feet and give that to the Lord? Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no. Say nothing but the blood of Jesus. Would you sing that out and make that your worship tonight? Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no, nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you're thankful for that blood, would you praise the Lord with me tonight? We worship you, mighty God. We thank you for your blood, Jesus. We thank you for your blood shed on Calvary, God. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I remember the words of my father when I was pretty young, and he said, you never preach about the blood without seeing the blood. And when I see a song like, when I sing a song like that, I see Jesus hanging on that cross of Calvary. 
and bleeding the blood that was shed for you and I. I'm thankful for that blood. I want to turn your attention tonight to Isaiah, the 35th chapter. Would you go there in your Bibles with me? Isaiah, the 35th chapter, we find the words of the prophet starting at verse 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay, shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Sit your Bibles down, and one more time, just lift your hands to heaven and worship God. Lord, thank you that sighing's going to flee away. Thank you that there's a river coming to dry places. Thank you that in the habitation of dragons where each lay, your spirit's going to reach there tonight. We give you glory, we honor you, magnify and worship your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. That's a powerful couple verses of scripture. When we read Isaiah the 35th chapter, we are reading messianic prophecy. The prophet is writing about Jesus. He's writing about the Messiah that is to come. And we're told several specific things that we can recognize as occurrences both in the New Testament and continuing to happen today. That deserts will rejoice and blossom as the rose. That 
he will come and save you. It says blind ears will be opened, deaf ears will be unstopped, the lame will leap, the dumb will sing. It says in the wilderness shall break out streams in the desert. And verse 7, which is perhaps most important to the title that I'm going to preach tonight, says, and the parched ground shall become, become a pool. And the thirsty lands, springs of water, in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. I want to talk to you tonight on the topic of wellsprings where the dragons laid. Wellsprings where the dragons laid. When we read of this messianic prophecy, we read of the rehydration of the parched soul that is longing for a Messiah that is to come. And we read of dry places, and we read of dry places that spring up, and dry places where life and water and sustenance will begin to flourish. And these things seem contrary to one another. I don't know about you, but I've never seen too many springs springing up in the desert. I was recently in California, and it's a dry place. The pastor there took us to see hillsides that had been burnt up. You don't see waterfalls coming down those hillsides. They're dry places. And when we read of this messianic prophecy, these things seem like antonyms. You begin to wonder, how can deserts spring up like the rose? You begin to wonder how the dumb can sing and how the blind can see. And we quickly realize that this is not something that can happen by the orchestration of man, but that this is something that is divine that is being prophesied. And it's speaking of Jesus. It's speaking of one that would come and cause dry places to flourish. First, we've got to understand dry places. Dry places in the Word of God are likened unto the absence of the Lord. In Luke, the 11th chapter, in verse 24, it speaks of unclean spirits. It says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. He, he goes out seeking for a dry place. Seeking for a place that is absent of the Spirit of God. Perhaps... This is why in Mark the 5th chapter and in Luke the 11th chapter, when the spirits, the demons, are cast out of a man, legions of demons, they go into pigs. And the first thing that we see when the pigs react to the presence of these unclean spirits, they go running for water because demons like dry places. And so when the demons go into the pigs, the pigs go running for water. And we see this theme all throughout the scripture. I promise I'm not preaching about pigs tonight. 
And in a moment, you're going to understand how this applies to you and how this applies to your, your life. I want you to know, first of all, that it's a desert out there without God. And without God, this is a dry world. And this is a dry life. And without the Spirit of God, you can't go too long without praying before you realize that it's a, it's a dry life without the Spirit of God beginning to flourish and be activated in your life. It's a dry world. Dryness is the absence of God. It's a place where serpents roam. It's a place where dragons lay. Hell is a dry place. We read in Luke the 16th chapter in verse 24, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. It's a dry place. It's a place that is absent of the Spirit of God. It's a place that has no sustenance. It's a place that is absent of the flow. But let me remind you tonight that you and I, we know of a flow. And it's a flow that washes white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I'm glad that in a dry and in a thirsty world, that there's no other fount I know. The club is not a fount I know. A bottle can't do it and a pill can't do it. But there is a flow. And the incredible part about this flow is that it reaches to the highest mountains and it flows to the lowest valleys, meaning that you're never too far from this flow. You can never walk too far away from this flow. No matter how low you may feel, no matter the depths of depression or the dryness of uncertainty that you may feel, it's not too far for this flow to reach to. And it's here tonight. Maybe you've had a dry week. Maybe you've been battling dryness in your mind. Maybe your thoughts feel like a desert. I know that doesn't happen to anybody in here. I know you're perfect. I know you don't experience fear. I know that you don't experience anxiety and depression. I know that there's no hidden places in your mind that your neighbor doesn't know about. I'm not naive tonight, but what I do know is I know that those are dry places. And I know that there are places in your mind and in your heart that are not too far from the Spirit of God. And the river that, ru that runs and flows through this room tonight is not one that is orchestrated of man. It is not one that is about the beat of a drum. 
It is not a temporal flow that only runs on Sunday. But it's something that if you grab a hold of it tonight, it'll reach to the dry places. It'll flow to the deepest depths of your mind. It'll minister to you. And you might have come in here dry and uncertain and feeling like you're in the middle of a desert. But you don't have to leave here feeling like a desert. You don't have to leave here with dryness in your mind. And you surely don't have to leave here with the absence of the Spirit of God. It can flow into your life. This dryness, as the Scripture says, is a wellspring where the dragons lay. There's a wellspring where the dragons lay. You're looking at me tonight and you're wondering, what in the world is this dude doing up here talking about dragons? Next thing you know, he's going to start quoting scriptures about unicorns. They're both in the Bible. Do your research. A dragon is an archetype of the devil. When we read of the dragon, we read of the one that was once called Lucifer. We read of that subtle serpent, that piercing Leviathan. One said that he was a serpent in Genesis and he becomes a dragon in Revelation because the whole time he's feeding off the flesh of men. The scripture tells us that when he was cast out of the heaven, that his tail caused one third of the stars to fall from heaven. In other words, he took one third of the angels with him. And when we read of this messianic prophecy in the book of Isaiah, we read of a place that is once the habitation of dragons where each lay. But a wellspring is going to be there. It says, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. The dry place is a place that the dragons in heaven, that the dragons like to call home. It's a place that is once and has too long been inhabited by dragons. And I'm speaking in parables tonight. I'm speaking of the deepest depths of your mind, your depression, and your fear that dragons like to call home. For too long, the enemies inhabited your home. He likes to call your marriage his dwelling place. He wreaks torment and turmoil in your mind. And it's places where the dragons lay. It's places that you forget about in the Sunday shout. Your neighbors don't know about it, but you'll feel it on Monday. It's places that are inhabited by dragons. But I want to speak of tonight, not the dragons, but a wellspring where the dragons lay. I want to tell somebody that for too long the enemy has an inhabited your mind. And for too long he's been active in your marriage. And for too long he's been feasting off of your joy. But there's a wellspring that's going to spring up 
in the places that the dragon once called home. And you don't have to leave here depressed. You don't have to leave here in turmoil. And you don't have to leave here with fear. But there's a wellspring that's going to spring up. And it's going to put the devil back in his place. And there's going to be sustenance in the deepest depths of your mind. There's going to be a spring springing up in the darkest places of uncertainty. Job asked the rhetorical question. He said, who giveth rain upon the earth and sendeth waters upon the fields? And when you consider the rain of the heaven, it's not a rain that comes from earthen places, but it's a rain that comes from on high, and it reaches down low, and it begins to bring life to dry places. It reaches from somewhere that is on high and seems unreachable, and it seems unattainable, but it flows to the lowest valleys. And what we see is we see a type of the Lord. We see the Spirit of God that that, that sits on high, that reaches way down low. And without it, you couldn't have life. Without it, you couldn't have sustenance. Without it, you could not experience joy. But it's something that comes from on high. David said, he leadeth, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. God's not going to lead you into dry places. He doesn't lead you into desolate circumstances. He doesn't take you into deserts, into moments of depression and fear and anxiety. But he steps into those moments and he causes rivers of everlasting water to begin to flow and he reaches into dry places. He reaches into places that the devil once called home. And he begins to bring life. And he begins to bring joy. And he begins to work in those dry places. David understood this. He said, you're going to be like a tree that is planted by rivers of water. In other words, a tree is not rooted in dry places. A tree is not rooted in a lifestyle of fear and depression. But he's rooted by a river. And let me tell you of that river tonight... That river is not a Friday night in a bottle of Jack Daniels. That river is not a good time out with your buddies. And that river is not an anti-depression pill. That river is named Jesus. And he's here tonight. And he wants to flow into your life. And he wants to reach into the dry and into the desolate places. He wants to bring you life. Psalms 46, verse 6 tells us, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. You see, we hear this theme coming from David all throughout the scriptures. He says in the 63rd chapter in verse 1, He says, My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry in a thirsty land. And we know him for the famous words, as the heart panteth, panteth after the water brook, so does my soul thirsteth after thee, O God. 
It's easy to come in on a Sunday and act like you've never thirst. It's easy to come in on a Sunday and shout and act like there's not moments in your life that you're thirsting for something. And if you open up your, your eyes for a moment and take a second to look at the world around us, it's a world that is thirsty and it's seeking for sustenance in all the wrong places. When somebody goes and sits on a bar stool in the weekend, they're thirsting for fulfillment. And when people turn to drugs and alcohol and pills, they're thirsting for something that is temporal and it's not filled by the pill and it's not filled by the lust and it's not filled by the pornography but they go out every day and they thirst and they long and they can't find it and they can't find it because it's not out there it's in the house of God and if you're trying to find it through lust you're not gonna find it and if you're trying to find it through a pill you're not gonna find it but it's here tonight and it will sustain your soul and you'll never hunger and you'll never thirst again Isaiah 48 21 tells us that when they would be in the desert and they that they never thirsted that they would thirst not and the reason that they did not thirst is because he caused water to come out of a rock in the middle of a desert any of y'all ever seen that? Just making sure you're awake tonight. He calls water to come up out of a rock in the middle of a desert. And when you're walking through this life, you're walking through a desert. And if you're looking for water in other places, you're not going to find it. And it's not going to sustain you. But when you're in the middle of the desert, you follow a biblical template. You find a rock. You find one that is named Jesus. You get under the wings of the Almighty. And you, you ask him to lead you to the rock that is higher than I. And you cleave to that rock. And out of it will come water in the desert. Out of it will come life in a world that has not found it. Out of it will come joy that, that, that comes when the world is not experiencing joy and when this world is in turmoil and when it's flipped upside down you find a rock in the middle of a desert you find Jesus on a Sunday night you find him in a prayer room closet you find him in the early hours of the morning you don't go seeking for other places you go to the rock because it's out of the rock that water will flow in the desert Zechariah 13.1 says, In that day there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. This thing is not for a good Sunday night shout. I love a Sunday night shout. I love the screech of a Hammond B3. This thing is not for two hours on a weekend. 
This river is not to make you feel good or give you a quote to repost on Facebook. This thing is not a temporal thing so that you can dress up and pretend to live for God. This is a river for sin and for uncleanness. It'll wash you white as snow. It'll change your life. It'll bring you joy. It'll cleanse you. It'll resurrect you. It'll resurrect your mind. It'll bring peace to your marriage. It's a dew that descends from Hermon. It's an in earth as it is in heaven. It's something from on high that reaches way down low. It doesn't come from temporal things. It doesn't come from things made of man's hand. But when we read of the dew of Hermon in the word of God, it's a dew that begins to formulate in the heights and peaks on the top of Mount Hermon. And as it is wafted, it begins to fall upon Mount Zion. And as it falls upon Mount Zion, it begins to bring sustenance. And it begins to bring life. And what you feel in the house of God is not a river that is orchestrated down here. It is not something that has to do with the ability of man. It is not something that comes from preference or from style or from your favorite song. But it's a dew that begins to formulate on heights that you can't even understand. And it flows all the way down to Zion. And we bask in it. We let it fall on us. We rejoice in it. But don't you ever get it twisted. This thing is not orchestrated of men. It's not about you. And it's not about the person seated next to you. It's something that comes from the heights of God, from his throne, and it falls upon Zion. It falls upon us. This is why the Lord promised them that when they would be in the desert, that they would drink of a dew of heaven. Because it doesn't come from here. It comes from up there. Don't you come into this place looking for something made of men. Don't you come into this place looking for something orchestrated by a good song. It comes from heaven. It comes from on high. And it reaches low. If all you get is the Sunday shout, you're not going to be made whole. If you come in here for the song you like, it's not going to fulfill you. But you've got to get to the rock in the desert. You've got to connect with Jesus. And he's here. And he wants to know you. And he wants to talk to you. And he wants to bring you life. In John 4, Jesus meets a woman at the well. She draws up out of the waters of the well. And Jesus tells her, you're going to drink of that water and you're going to thirst again. He said, I would have given you living water. You're going to drink of that and you're going to end up having to come back to this well. He said... But whosoever drinketh of the water of this well, he's never going to hunger. He's never going to thirst. He's not going to have to make a journey back to a well. He's not, his, his thirst is going to be quenched. 
And we can come in the house of God and never connect with God. We can come into this place and sing a good song and drink of temporal wells. It takes a man to build a well. It takes a man to dig down. It takes a man to set up the stones and place the bucket and tie the rope. It's a man-made thing. But if that's all you're drinking out of, you're going to end up having to come back to the same well every weekend and not knowing why your life isn't changing. But he said, if you'll drink of me, you're not going to thirst. Your thirst is going to be quenched. You're not going to look at it in, for it in the temporal. You're not going to look for it in the things made of men. But you're going to find it in me. We find this river. We find it when they pierce Jesus in the side. And out of his side comes a flow of blood and water. It's not a flow of what man can do. It's not a flow of someone's ability. It's not a flow of man's orchestration. But it's a flow of blood. And it's a flow of water. And it comes out of Jesus. And as it touched the earth... It wasn't soaked up, but it kept flowing. And if you can open up your eyes tonight, you can see it because it's here. And he can wash you and he can sustain you. And you don't have to leave here depressed. You don't have to leave here uncertain. It's a flow that will reach for you. Isaiah 45, 8 says, drop down ye heavens from above. Let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open up and let them bring forth salvation. And let righteousness spring up together. For I, the Lord, have created it. It's a flow of righteousness. It's something that will change you. It's something that will right your wrongs. It'll, it's something that will resurrect your life. I'm speaking to somebody tonight that's been burnt before. I'm speaking to somebody that's walked in dry places. I'm speaking to somebody that's drank out of temporal wells. And I'm pleading with you tonight not to leave here sustained by the temporal. Get a hold of Jesus. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let him flow into you. Let him reach down into dry places. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Draw ye therefore out of the wells of salvation. That's what Isaiah said. Stop drawing out of the temporal, young person. Stop coming in on a Sunday and seeking for a temporal high in the beat of a song. Draw out of the wells of Jesus. Get connected to the King of Kings. Get in a place that you can know him. Many of you know there was a time recently that my brother ended up in the hospital. He was there for a couple of months battling because he drank downstream. He drank from a flow that was impure. Any of us could have done it. And in that sip of water was something that is capable of killing a person. Dylan, I don't know what you learned from that, but I think you learned... To drink from the source. Not to go downstream. But to go to the pure thing. 
And I don't know about you tonight, but I don't want something that's flown down through the hands of men. I don't want something that is flown down through Roman Catholicism and flown down through a Nicene Council and flown down through production and orchestration and flown down through bad attitudes and flown down through people. I want to go to the head of the river. I want to go to the source of a thing. I want to go to Jesus. There's only one mediator in between God and man, the Lord Christ Jesus. You don't got to go to me. You don't got to go to somebody next to you. You don't got to go to religious tradition. You can get it from Jesus. It can flow to you. It's pure. It'll bring you life and joy everlasting. I want you to call on the name of the Lord for a moment. This is not what I come to preach tonight, but I want you to call on him for just a second in this place. Revelation 21 Verse 6, he tells us he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then he says, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. It's not something you have to beg for. He'll give it freely. And it goes on to say, in the spirit of the bride, say, come. And let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Jesus said it like this. He said, unless a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And we see it in the first miracle of Jesus. He's at a marriage supper, and they don't have any wine His mother comes to him, and she says, we don't have any wine, Jesus. And he said, my time's not yet come. And she told the servants to go get vessels and listen to anything he would tell them to do. They come back with six vessels, and they did so after the likeness of the purification of the Jews because it was custom that Jews would purify themselves before they would partake. And as they bring the vessels, what was once water, Jesus turns into wine. And we see this marriage, we see this moment that a bride's name is changed. And that what seems like water is instantly turned into wine. And that's a miracle. Because wine has got to be beaten, and it's got to be tried, and it's got to be persecuted, and it's got to be beaten out of a thing. But in a moment, he takes what was water, and he transfers it into wine. And what we see at the marriage supper is we see somebody that's going down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus. And a new name is placed on them. And it may seem like water here, but it's wine over there. It's the blood of Jesus, and it's pure and it's resurrecting and it's life changing and you can experience it here tonight I want you to stand up on your feet with me 
I don't want you to leave here drinking out of the temporal. I want you to leave here connected with Jesus. I want you to leave here drinking out of the wells of everlasting. You don't have to hunger. You don't have to thirst. You don't have to leave here seeking for it in somewhere else. You can get it in the house of God. Lift up your hands. He's here tonight. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your flow would begin to flow into somebody's mind. I pray that it would begin to flow into somebody's marriage. This is not the way that I anticipated preaching this tonight, but God's got something else in mind. There's someone in here that you've been walking around in dry places. And I want to quote the scripture where it says, and the bride, the spirit and the bride say, come. I don't want you to leave here thirsting. I don't want you to leave here hungry. I want you to come. I want you to drink of the waters of life freely. It's here tonight. Don't leave here with depression. Don't leave here with fear. Don't leave here with pain and torment and struggles in your marriage. Grab your wife by the hand and come. Grab your child by the hand and come. Jesus is in this place tonight. I want, you to, I want to invite you to come to the front of this room. And he's beginning to pour. He's going to begin to pour down on you like water. He can sustain you. He can resurrect you. It can change your life. The temporal things won't do it. The momentary things won't do it. But you can drink from everlasting. You can drink from the blood of Jesus. It can cleanse you. It can flow over you. It can wash you. Why don't you lift up your voice and call out to him right now? He wants to flow into the dry places of your life. He wants to begin to flow into your mind. He wants to work in your heart. I want you to close your eyes, and I want every hand in this room lifted, every eye closed. I want you to see the lifeless body of Jesus hanging there on Calvary, and I want you to see the blood and the water that flowed out for you. I don't want you to be distracted by the song. I don't want you to be concerned about where you're going to eat. I want you to call on him right now. You might have already been baptized. I want you to call on him. You might have already received the Holy Ghost. I want you to call on him. He's wanting to flow into places that are dry. He's wanting to flow into your mind. Come on, lift your voice. He's here tonight. He hears your prayer. He hears your cry. Don't worry about the person next to you. Call on him tonight. God, flow into our life. Flow into this place. Come on, lift up your voice. Call unto him. 
He's here right now. He hears you. There's a river flowing through this altar. It's flowing through this room, and you can draw out of it.